Turn your Bibles with me this morning to the uh, Old Testament. Psalms 34 is where we'll be preaching from this morning. Psalms 34. I want you to look at verse 19 of that psalm. Psalms 34, verse 19 of that psalm. Ministry can be tough. Ministry can be difficult. You're at one of the best seminaries in the country. You're being trained to do the things that God has called you to do in whatever area of ministry that God is leading you to. But ministry is not easy. So I want to encourage uh all of you this morning from a passage of scripture that has encouraged my life through the years. Psalms 34, verse 19, you'll find these similar words. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this wonderful and exciting privilege that you've given me to be here this morning on the campus of Midwestern Seminary. Thank you for Dr. Allen. Thank you for him not giving up on me with my schedule, God, and I thank you for the opportunity to uh, be in this uh, chapel, God, where there's no lack of preaching. Thank you for the praise team. Thank you for the music. Thank you for all that are the scriptures, all that has been said and done. Thank you for all the students, the faculty, the staff that's here this morning. Now, God, do as I ask. Every time I stand to preach, and that is God, hide me behind the cross. Let them not see Fred. God, let them see Christ. To the end, God, that you may be glorified, the saints of God may be edified, Satan may be horrified, and lost sinners will come to repentance. Therefore, God, stand in my body, think with my mind, speak with my voice, and I'll be careful to give your name all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name I pray, and for us, let people of God say, amen. amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. With that text in mind, with that scripture in mind, uh, uh, with this chapel service in mind, I want to preach this morning from the subject, the other side of ministry. The other side of ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest feelings in the world is when a person becomes a believer, when a person becomes born again, when a person becomes a child of God, when a person becomes a Christian. I've never won an NBA championship. I've never won the World Series. I've never won the Super Bowl. I've never won an Olympic medal. For that matter of fact, I've never won an Academy Award. I've never won a Grammy Award. I've never won a Stella a Dove Award. I can only imagine, I can only imagine, brothers and sisters, what it may feel like to win any of those honors, to win any of those awards. However, my brothers and my sisters, I assure you this morning that very few awards in life will give you the feeling you have of surrendering your heart and your life to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Think about it. Once you become a believer, once you become a child of God, you're not part of the family of God. God is your father. He created you. He loves you. Jesus Christ is your savior. He suffered for you. He died for you. The Holy Spirit is now your comforter and your guide. He gives you a power to walk right, power to talk right, power to sing right, power to preach right. You're part of the family of God. Besides that, you are brothers and sisters from all over the world, from every continent, from every nation, from every country, from every nationality, from every tribe, from every village. Wow, you're part of the family and then you're part of a local church where you come to worship, where you come to praise, where you come to thank God, where you come to fellowship with other believers in the body of Christ. Oh, what a family. Uh, what a great feeling it is. Think about it. As a believer, as a child of God, as a Christian, as a pastor, as a student, as an administrator, as a leader, you are given so many things uh, from the word of God, all because you are now a Christian. You've been given assurance and blessings, uh, contentment, deliverance, uh, 
goodness, long-suffering. Oh, what a feeling it is uh, to be a child of God. You're given eternity, fullness, grace, holiness, increase, justification, and the kingdom of God. You're given love and goodness and mercy and newness, all because uh, you're part of the family of God. Uh, you're given overflow and peace and revelation, sanctification, unity. You're given a testimony. You're given dignity. You are given abundant living, all because you're now part of the family of God. You're assured of the promises, the presence, and the power of God all throughout the word of God, all throughout the Bible. You've got it all together. Everything is going well. The blessings of God are overflowing in your life like Niagara Falls. You're telling people, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Uh, you're telling people, I'm blessed and highly favored. You're telling people, I'm called, anointed, and appointed. Uh, you're telling people, when praises go up, blessings come down. You're telling folk, God is good uh, all the time, uh, and all the time, uh, God is good. But then one day, one day that you did not expect, one day that you never, ever, ever anticipated, one day that you have, will never forget and have never forgotten, everything falls apart. Ask Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> everything falls apart. And you are now experiencing the other side of ministry. Dr. Allen, for whatever the reason, the blessings stopped flowing. Uh, whatever the reason, the, uh, the blessings have turned into bitterness. The happiness have turned into hopelessness. The, the fullness have turned into foes. Uh, the holiness have turned into hypocrisy. Uh, your testimony has turned into a test of lie because of the troubled trials and tribulations that have knocked on your door. Maybe it was a phone call. Maybe it was a doctor's report. Maybe it was an exam that you took here at school. Maybe it was an extramarital affair that you uncovered in your marriage. Maybe it was a, a business meeting. Maybe it was mess in the ministry. Maybe you've been betrayed by a friend. Uh, 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 maybe you got a pink slip from your job, a uh, uh, child in trouble, chaos in the church, uh, the unexpected death of a loved one, a pandemic called the coronavirus. My friend, don't look now, but you are experiencing, son, brothers, you're experiencing, ladies, the other side uh, of ministry. That side that we don't like to go through. That side we never look forward to. That side that we don't really like to talk about. However, ladies and gentlemen, it's a time that all believers will go through at one time or another in life. Dr. Allen Midwest and I have discovered trouble, trials, and tribulation are part of the Christian life. Frustration, fears, and foes will happen to every child of God somewhere along your Christian journey. Debt, disasters, and disappointment will show up on your doorsteps. Setbacks, sickness, storms, and suffering will eventually come your way. And the fact of the matter, ladies and gentlemen, the fact of the matter, Pat Falcon and students of Midwestern, I've discovered is no one is exempt. Think about it. David was a man after God's own heart. Yet here in our text, he's experiencing the other side of ministry. David was the apple of God's eye. David was chosen by God. David was appointed and anointed by God. David had a personal relationship with God. Yet now he's experiencing the other side of ministry. However, that wasn't always the case. 
At one time, things were going well uh, for David. Listen to David in verses 1, 2, and 3 of this psalm at the very beginning. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Ladies and gentlemen, look at David. David is praising God. David is glorifying God. David is magnifying God as the praise team was doing just a few minutes ago. But just a few verses later, David is now singing a different tune. Just a few verses later, David is now singing a different song. Listen to David's cry in verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. In just a few short verses, in just a few short scriptures, in just a matter of minutes, David has gone from divine preservation to human persecution. Listen to his cry, students. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Such is the case, my brothers and sisters, with many of us in this chapel. Whether we want to admit it or not, whether we want to accept it or not, each believer, every believer will at some point in life face the other side of ministry. And if it it has not happened to you yet, just keep on living. It will eventually happen to all of us will eventually have to deal with the other side of ministry. So the question of the hour is, how do we cope with it? How do we deal with it? How how do we handle the other side of ministry? Well, y'all ask some good questions here, Dr. Allen. I I like this place. Uh, 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 How how do y'all handle the other side of ministry? Well, three things that David tells us here, that the Lord tells us here in the text, uh, that you must understand when dealing with the other side of ministry. Number one, I want you to notice the plight, the plight, the plight of the afflicted. Look at the first part of verse 19. The Bible says, the scripture says, the word of God says, many are the afflictions. Stop right there. David said, my struggle, my dilemma, my difficulty, my plight is not that I'm afflicted, but how often I'm afflicted. Many are the afflictions. Listen, I can see every once in a while. I can handle every now and then. Uh, 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 maybe every other year, every leap year. But God, why many? Why so often? Can anyone besides me and David relate? God, God, can anyone say, David, I, I hear you. Can anyone say, David, I, I, I feel you. I, I know Job can. And one day, the Bible said Job lost his health, his wealth, and his family all in one day. Brothers and sisters, the fact of the matter is all of us will one day face the other side of ministry. Listen, just because you're born again, you're not exempt from affliction. Just because you're saved, you're not exempt from suffering. Just because you're spirit-filled, you're not exempt from trouble. The Bible says, the scripture says, uh, the word of God says, many, numerous, plenty, various, countless of the afflictions of the righteous. In other words, if it ain't one thing, it's another thing. Every believer will eventually face numerous afflictions as a child of God. Many 
of the afflictions of the righteous. Think about it. We're afflicted by temptation. We're afflicted by bitterness. We're afflicted by struggles with our flesh. Many are the afflictions. We're afflicted by doubt. We're afflicted by the unexpected death of a loved one. We're afflicted by fear. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. We're afflicted by sickness, by cancer, by diabetes, by stroke, by heart attacks, by the uh, coronavirus. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. We're afflicted by marital problems and single issues and discouragement and depression and loneliness. Many are the afflictions of the right. We're afflicted by guilt, by worry, by burnout, by anger, by jealousy, by financial issues, by financial, by family struggles, by lifestyle choices, by pride. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And because Midwestern, many of the afflictions, it forces us to face, it forces us to deal with the other side of ministry. But not only the plight of the afflicted, ladies and gentlemen, notice, secondly, the problem for the afflicted. Notice not only the plight, brothers and sisters, of the afflicted, but notice the problem for the afflicted. Look at the second part of verse 19. David said, the scripture said, the word of God said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Stop right there. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Dr. Allen, professors, faculty, the staff, that I, the, the problem that I have with this text, the issue that I have with this text, the struggle students that I have with this text, is that the words afflictions and righteous are in the same verse. Read it for yourself. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Afflictions and righteous are in the same verse. Then comes the comma. Then comes the semicolon. Then comes the punctuation mark. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Dr. Allen, I could have handled it better. Professors, I could have handled the text better if the Bible would have said many are the afflictions of the adulterer. I could have handled it better. I could have handled it better if the Bible would have said many are the afflictions of the homonger. I could have dealt. Can I say homonger here? I just, I should have gotten your permission, bro. I want to come back. I really want to come back. But see, in the church where I pastor, I can say homonger. It won't matter. I, uh, 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 I could have handled the text better if it would have said, many are the afflictions of the rapist. I could have handled the text better if the Bible would have said, many are the afflictions of the child abuser. Many are the afflictions of the racist. Many are the afflictions of the alcoholic. I could have handled the text better if the Bible would have said, many are the afflictions of the drug addict. Many are the afflictions of the murder. I could have handled the text better if it would have said that. However, I could have handled the text better if it would have said, many are the afflictions of the liar. Many are the afflictions of the bad Many are the afflictions of the criminal. Many are the afflictions of the lost sinner. I could have handled the text better if it would have said that. Then I could have come to the conclusion that they're only reaping what they've sown. Then I could have come to the conclusion that what goes around comes around. However, Midwestern, the text doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. The word of God doesn't say that. The scripture says, many are the afflictions 
of the righteous. It says to me, ladies and gentlemen, that affliction will come your way. It said to me that afflictions come our way, not because of who you are, but because whose you are. Affliction will come in your way in ministry, not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. Listen, Jesus himself said that in this world, you will suffer in this world, we as his, as his sons and daughters will suffer trials and tribulations. For example, what did Job do to deserve, to, to, to deserve what he got? Think about it. Those of you who know the story of Job. What did Job do to receive uh, what he got? Job was a righteous man. Job was a, a godly man. However, in one day, the Bible said Job lost his health, his wealth, and his family. And then to add insult to injury, Job had no idea about Satan and God's conversation in Job chapter 1 when God, gave, when, God, when, when God gave Satan permission to tempt Job. You, you, you remember when, when, when Satan came to God and asked for permission to attack Job uh, 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 and God gave him the permission. God said, do whatever you want, just don't touch your soul. Now, now, what always had intrigued me when I, when I read the story of Job, I'm always interested about the people that Satan did not ask about or the people that God did not recommend. For example, I've, uh, 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 God recommended Job, but there were some people that God just could not recommend. For example, suppose God would have said, uh, well, no, no, just, just, just pick on Moses. Pick on Moses. Say, please, please, say, please, please, let, let me pick on Moses because uh, he has an anger problem. I just got to get him angry. He's going to kill somebody. And I said, well, uh, it's interesting that God did not say, uh, 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 pick on Noah. You, you know, cho choose Noah. Say, say, oh, yeah, please give me Noah. All I got to put is some butt wires in front of him and he's going to get drunk. <laughs> God could not recommend David, the writer of this text. Because Satan said, yeah, please give me David. All I got to put is a woman, baby got back, who got in front of him, somebody with junk in their trunk, and David will lose it. They, isn't it amazing that God could not even recommend David's son Solomon, who was the wisest man in the world, because David Solomon, like his daddy, not only liked women, but Solomon liked strange women. Those who like to twerk and pop it, lock it, and drop it, and all that stuff. Isn't it amazing that God could not recommend Peter? Satan said, yeah, yeah, please, please give me Peter. Because uh, I just got to get Peter. He'll cut somebody and cut off their ear and cut somebody out. Ladies and gee, brothers and sisters, there were some people God could not recommend. But God knew that Job could stand the test. So God recommended Job and said, do whatever you want to do. Just don't touch his soul. God grants Satan permission. So one day, Job, your children are dead. A few hours later. Job, your cattle and your livestock is dead. And one day, Job, you are poor. All, all, all your CDs, all your money is now gone. Uh, and, and, then, and then from one day, Job lost it all. His health as well and his family. The Bible says he had sores from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. His own wife looked at him one day and said, man, look at you. You got sores all over your body. Why don't you cuss God and die? I'm tired of looking at you in this. Why don't you cuss God and die? And Job looked at it and said, you didn't say that when you was riding that Mercedes. 
You didn't say that when you was riding that Lexus. You didn't say that when you was riding that town car. But through it all, the Bible says that Job did not forsake God. When his three friends even came and said, Job, you did something. But through it all, through all the attacks of the enemy, the accusation by his friends, his own wife turning his back on him, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job said, naked I came into this world, naked I'm going out, the Lord give it, and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job said, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but this thing I know, I know that my Redeemer lives and shall stand at the latter day. Listen, brothers and sisters, Satan's main objective is to steal, kill, and to destroy every child of God. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to give up on God. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to question God. He wants you to lose it. He wants you to lose hope and lose faith and lose trust in God. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, the other side of ministry is the fact that you can do everything right and still face affliction. Husbands, you can love your wife as Christ loved the church and still face affliction. Wives, you can respect and honor your husband as unto the Lord and still face affliction. Afflictions. Singles, you can live a committed life and still face afflictions. You can be a, de a, a dedicated deacon, a, a trusted trustee, a committed choir member, a useful usher, a marvelous member, a praying preacher, and still face affliction. The problem, the fact of the matter is that in this life that we live in, we will face trials and tribulation. In this life, we will face affliction. In this life, we will face the other side of, of ministry. But remember, it's not because of who you are. It's because of whose you are. Well, let's lead to my third and final point. Thank you, Dr. Allen, for the wonderful privilege of being here at Midwestern. Because of the other side of ministry, you and I will face the plight of the afflicted. Because of the other side of ministry, you and I will face the problem for the afflicted. However, because of the other side of ministry, we are confident about the promise to the afflicted. The promise to the afflicted. Look at the last part of verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Here it is. But, but, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. The promise to the afflicted, but the Lord, not the pastor, but the Lord, not the president, but the Lord, not the deacon, but the Lord shall deliver them up out of them all. Oh, child of God, understand that the plight of your affliction, I understand I can relate to the problems of being afflicted. However, together we can rejoice in God's promise to the afflicted, but the Lord delivers them up from them all. That word but uh, uh, is a negative conjunction, meaning it negates everything you said before it. Uh, ladies, have it ever happened to you on Sunday? You go to church and you say, somebody say, girl, that's a nice dress you got on, but. Why they got to say but? God, I like your new hairstyle, but. Praise team, y'all were good today, but. That was a great sermon, but why they got to say but? Because when they say but, it negates everything that was said 
before it. However, ladies and gentlemen, that but is, that but is also a sanctified conjunction. It's a sanctified conjunction. In other words, just when it looks like things are going bad, just when it looks like things are over, just when it looks like when you're going under, God can put a but in your situation. Let me say that again. Just like when it looks like things are going bad, just when it looks like things are, go, are not going to work out, just when it looks like you're going to go under, I'm a living witness, Midwestern, that God can put a but in your situation. The wages of sin is dead, but... The gift of God is eternal life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Choose for yourself this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There had no temptation taken you, such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but uh, the word of God will last forever. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power of love uh, and of a sound mind. Our text says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but, but, but the Lord delivers them uh, out of them all, all, no matter how many, all, no matter how often, no, all, no matter the stronghold, no matter the addiction, no matter the issue, the issue, no matter how long, no matter the disaster, the storm, or the pain, the Bible says God will deliver you out of them all. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, as I come to a close, your affliction is temporary. Your affliction is just for a specific time. Your affliction is just for a specific season. Your affliction is just for a specific reason. It's only a test. It's only a trial. It's the other side of ministry. Dr. Allen, as an individual growing up, I love movies. I love watching movies. I love going to movies. and I particularly love action movies. One of my favorite action movies of all time it's James Bond 007. Anybody remember James Bond 007? Now, I'm not talking about these uh, Roger Moore, Pierce Boseman, or uh, uh, Daniel Craig. I'm talking about old school Sean, Can Sean Connery or Connery, uh, uh, James Bond. I used to love me some James Bond. I, James was just so cool. He'd walk up in a place and they asked him his name. He'd say, Bond. James Bond. Say, oh man, I, I want to be like that guy, man. I want to be like that guy. Yeah. And, and I walk into it, and I, I, I've, I've seen every James Bond movie that was ever made. Everyone that ever made. And, and I've always been amazed and intrigued about how James Bond always got out of the stuff that he got into. Uh, I remember one time watching a movie, and James Bond was on a cruise ship. And they got in a fight with some dudes, man. They threw him overboard. And I said, oh, no, this is it. He's, he, he, he don't have a parachute. I mean, he, he don't have an oxygen. He, he's all this water. The, the land is far away. But somewhere, somehow, James Bond uh, 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 takes his tie, and his tie became oxygen. I said, how does he do that? Another one, he was on an airplane, man. He was a thousand, thousands of feet above. And, man, he got into a fight with these guys. They threw him out the plane. They said, oh, Tyler, this is it. It's over, man. This is the last James Bond movie. He don't have a parachute. Absent from the, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But somewhere, somehow, James Bond pulls the button on his coat, and his coat becomes a parachute. I said, how does he do that? 
And one of my favorite James Bond of all favorite Gun, Gun, uh, Goldfinger. I love Goldfinger, man. I love, he was on this uh, saw, on this uh, uh, Sunday. It was about to saw him in half, man. And I said, "Oh, this is it. It's over. He's gonna die. This is it. Ash to ashes, dust to dust. This is all for James Bond." But somebody somehow he turns his watch, and his watch becomes a laser and stops the. I said, "How in the world does he do that?" Then one Saturday, Doctor Allen, I was, I was in my den of my house. I had my remote man, and I was doing what all of us guys do. I was just hunting channels, hunting channels. And channels and going through the uh, channel, Nickelodeon station, no, no, animal channel, no, 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 lifetime, the devil is a liar. Get that out of there. <laughs> this, <laughs> Discovery channel, no, I, but then I came across the history channel, and the topic was Ian Fleming, the making of James Bond. I said, Whoa, this is it, this is it, this is it. I'm finally going to find out how James Bond was able to get out all the stuff that he would, and then they showed all these great scenes, man, when he was thrown over the overboard and his tie became oxygen, when he was thrown over the plane and his a button, a pulling button, his coat became a parachute, when he was on that thing and his wife became, I, I, I finally found out how he did it. After watching that thing for a whole hour, I finally discovered how James Bond was able to get out of all of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what I've discovered? It was written in the script that way. <laughs> well, I've got to close out, but I've come all the way from New Orleans to let y'all know. It's in the script! It's in the script. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's in the script. I have been young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Now his seed, uh, begging bread. Uh, it's in the script. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? Uh, it's in the script. Uh, weeping men do for a night, but joy comes uh, in the morning. It's in the script. But they that wait, but they that wait, but they that wait upon the Lord shall. Uh, Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's in the script. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Them are called according to his purpose. It's in the script. What shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulation? No. Shall distress? No. Shall height? No. Shall I let nothing separate me from the love of God? It's in the script. Be anxious for nothing, y'all, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. It's in the script. They arrested him on Friday. They beat him on Friday. They crucified him on Friday. He died on Friday. They put him in a tomb on Friday. But early Sunday morning, Jesus got up all power in his hand. Dead, where is that thing? Great, how? It was in the script. Ladies and gentlemen, it's in the script. So hang in there, pastors. It's in the script. Hang in there, students. It's in the script. Hang in there, Mr. President. It's in the script. Hang in there, faculty. It's in the script. Hang in there, Kansas City Chiefs fan. <laughs> it's not in the script, but next year's coming. I've got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. I love the way Andrew Cross said it. I thank God for my mountains. I thank God for my valleys. I thank God for the storms that he's brought me through. But if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith and his word could do. But through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. I've learned to depend upon his word. You got to remember whatever you're going through, it is in the script. God bless y'all. I love y'all. Y'all pray for me. I'll pray for you.